0: This is the Insurance Law Podcast, brought to you by Best Recommended Insurance Attorneys. Welcome to the Insurance Law Podcast, the broadcast about timely and important legal issues affecting the insurance industry. I'm John Zuba, Managing Editor of Best Recommended Insurance Attorneys, including expert service providers. We're pleased to have with us today Jerry Bernbach, fellow in the Institute of Store Planners and associate member of the American Institute of Architects. From Jerry Burnback & Associates in Summers, New York. Jerry is one of the few retail experts in the insurance and legal fields. He has 35 years of experience on award-winning store and display design, working with Fortune 500 companies. And his website, www.expertretailwitness.com, helps eliminate the risk in store design. He also has served as an expert witness in no less than 70 cases. And Jerry, we're very pleased to have you with us today
1: pleasure to
0: be with you. Thank you, Jerry. And today's podcast discussion is on slip and fall matters in what companies and defense attorneys need to be concerned about during the litigation process. And Jerry, for today's first question, how can any government regulations or industry restrictions ensure satisfactory customer service in a store or business?
1: Well, currently the regulations call for a retailer or a public assembly area to provide within itself a reasonable level of safety, and it needs to be hazard-free. The issue of retailers trying to put this all together uh, winds up where their training and their manual guidelines um, have to address all of the various considerations that go into making a store safe. The way that customers achieve safety is by not having obstacles and uh, interference placed in front of them. So it's up to the store to make sure that they're patrolling the stores and especially the floors to make sure that they're safe. Now, what constitutes safe really is a uh, lot of specific detail Um, There there appears to be industry standards that the um, retailers follow in order to relieve themselves of the liability of being held responsible for an injury at store level. It's an industry that's not very regulated in terms of Statutes that you can turn to that say, aha, that's uh, something they failed to do. It basically comes down to creating manuals and safety regulations protocol and then calling upon the store staff and employees to follow them uh, precisely as they're written.
0: Jerry, what specific type of regulations can have major bearings on or impact a case? Well,
1: the Regarding regulations is, as I mentioned, there are very few that are out there that are dictated by law. You can uh, turn to the American Disability Act, which has probably got the greatest influence when it comes to store matters and slip and fall. And, um, you know, I just can't stress enough the fact that this is an industry where it's more about what the industry has considered the optimum level of uh, compliance in terms of uh, the store's requirements. Um, There really is uh, some characteristics that lead to the majority of these incidents and injuries, and when it comes to a retail environment, most of the items are caused by either overloading the carts that move the product or abandoning the carts and leaving pallets on the floor. Liquid on the floor is certainly one of the great slip and fall matters. And the fact that retailers are trying to get every dollar out of their square foot winds up where they get innovative and start to reduce the aisle widths in order to get more product in it and doing so really creates some big issues in terms of liability. Proper maintenance is something that needs to be maintained at all times and actually documented so that you can show that you're being compliant and you're doing your best to keep the customer safe. When you get to other types of uh, public assembly, like a hotel lobby, Um, One area that gets a lot of action is where they give the coffee out, and there's a lot of um, issues regarding that, whether it's slip and fall or burns. Um, that really is regulated and controlled if you can make sure that your staff is compliant in terms of making sure that everything is in its proper location and being maintained at all times. It's just something that has to be uh, entrenched in their heads that it's something that needs to be done at the time frame in which it's dictated to be done. Uh, lastly, in an office lobby, that normally becomes an issue regarding floor care, lighting, and maintenance policies. And all of these do need to be in place and accurate and, and well-specified to avoid any questions later on.
0: What types of practices can you suggest that stores might be able to adhere to in order to eliminate any such risks in their particular establishments?
1: of a retailer is to inspect the aisles. Many retailers actually define the time frames in between inspections. And it really is beholden onto the uh, staff not to be as concerned about inventory, which they normally are, but to give attention to issues such as displays out of place product out of place because all of those can lead to some disastrous types of injuries. Floor inspection, as I mentioned, is probably the biggest issue and where a lot of attention needs to be spent not only on the maintenance side, but also the patrolling and making sure it's always clean and free of any kind of foreign matter. The issue in the regulation also stipulates that it's not enough just to inspect, but you also need to be sure that if there is a spill that it's cleaned up correctly, and there needs to be ways in which you can um, move your product throughout the store in a safe manner so that it doesn't fall on someone. It shouldn't be abandoned because there's a tendency for uh, customers to want to try to shop items that are parked next to a display when, in fact, they're unstable and they could lead to uh, injury. And uh, the management of the safety is a bottom-line issue, and most retailers tend to not place as much emphasis on it, but it basically is the, the is where they're going to take a big hit if they're involved with a large lawsuit due to an injury and the responsibility was theirs.
0: And, Jerry, what organizations could be the most influential in slip-and-fall cases?
1: Well, as mentioned before, that it's an industry that's not very regulated and it happens that the building itself falls under the building code or the local building codes, and for the most part, most of America follows what's known as the International Building Code, which has taken a long time to to formulate. But the good news was that it's standardized um, building code regulation, so at least you're able to learn it and obey it, and not have to worry municipality to municipality. Uh, so that is one area that has a little bit of impact in terms of what's going on in the store and creating a safe environment. The next one, which is a little bit more critical because the building code actually adopted it, is the American Disability Act, which was intended to regulate and protect handicapped individuals. But what most attorneys are not aware of is the fact that that really, regulating America. You don't have to be handicapped in order to fall under compliance. Um, It's expected of every retailer to be following this act, and in doing so, uh, whether you're handicapped or not handicapped, the retailer needs to be um, abiding to these particular regulations which really address safe dimensions and methods of construction and certain materials that need to be applied in slip areas. Um, and then the last one that's that has impact would be OSHA, which is the occupational Safety and health administration. And their responsibilities are to make sure there's a safe working uh, environment, and it's taken a long time for that to kick in, but it's a very uh, well-run organization within the federal government, and their focus really is to make sure that employers are providing a safe environment for the employees. And in doing so, it also affects the customers who are shopping, and some examples would be to make sure that your um, ladders are safe and that you're keeping uh, mechanical equipment or maintenance machines or service machines off the floor because they can lead to trouble if somebody touches them or accidentally runs into them. And uh, for the most part, they address displays such as pallets, which is probably the only element in the store that they do address in terms of what whether it needs to be completely loaded because there's a visual issue that goes along with it in terms of liabilities. People aren't normally looking down at the floor when they're shopping, and the retailer is basically throwing so many elements at them at eye level that they're not expected to be looking at the floor. And an empty pallet is hard to um, envision or see when you're shopping, so it's regulated not to be empty. And those would be some some of the major uh, elements in organizations that do impact the slip and fall in the retail
0: area. And what's your advice to a business or their defense attorney when trying to defend in a slip and fall case or to eliminate the possibility of risk?
1: Well, that's a really good question. Um, the reality of what's going on with slip and fall is that when it comes to retail and some of the public assemblies, the law is just asking you to not have to put a shadow behind every customer or occupant in the area. It's asking you to make sure in a reasonable, and that's the key word, reasonable manner to maintain a safe and hazard-free environment. And in doing that, the major organizations like a Walmart Target and Wegmans and Kroger's, they've all determined what they would consider reasonable and willing to fight in court against. And the issue that I find time and time again is that the corporation is great at putting these manuals and protocols and procedures together, but where it's falling apart is at store level. Or in uh, hotels, staff members. And the problem is that they're not complying with what the company's asking them to do. And they're not document, documenting it correctly. And they're not following the protocol and procedures that they're being asked to follow. And when they do that, they put the corporation in harm's way. And it's really behooving done to the attorney. On the defense side, to really hit home the fact that they really have not much to work with when you're dealing with obvious surveillance that shows all of these violations and disregard to what's being asked of them to do. So I think the the major and uh, have would be to um, to tell them to enforce and make sure that management at store level is really overseeing their stores correctly.
0: Jerry, thank you so much for joining us today. It's my pleasure. Thank you so much. That was Jerry Bernbach from Jerry Bernbach & Associates in Summers, New York. His website, again, is www.expertretailwitness.com. And special thanks to today's producer, Frank Bowinkle. And thank you all for joining us for the Insurance Law Podcast. To subscribe to this audio program, go to iTunes, or our webpage, www.ambest.com slash claims resource. And if you have any suggestions for a future topic regarding an insurance law case or issue, please email us at lawpodcast I'm John Zuba, and now this message. Best Insurance Professionals and Claims Resource is the top website for locating qualified professionals and need-to-know insurance information for the claims market. Brought to you by AMBest, the world leader in insurance industry information. Visit ambest.com slash claimsresource.